What is up, everyone out there in GMB land? Welcome to the Gigabyte Metropolis Bananagram podcast. It just keep getting better every time. Now, the Bananagram, this is actually, we've decided to step away from Instagram. We've created our own <laughs> app, calling it the Bananagram. That is, that's what that is. How you doing, Josh? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Great, man. Really good. Cool. Talk a little bit about food because that's what you do. That's your stick, right? <laughs> what I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Today we're going to be going a little bit deep. We always go deep. Actually, going to look at food in relation to how it can help to calm us down and chill us out, if you will. It's what it works for me, especially when you put a little extra stuff in there that you can only get in California and some other places in the United States. <laughs> Uh, not condoning drug use. Okay, that was a joke, everyone. Okay. Except in California um, and other states. Ex except in California and Colorado and some other states. But basically, we're looking at using food to self-soothe and how that can yeah. help in, in the short term. We all have busy lives, working hard, taking care of our family, community, and especially during these weird times in the world, sometimes we can have a little bit of stress, just a little bit of stress. And so today we're right now? No, I know it's what? really hard to believe that, but uh, it's true. There is some stress, especially in the United States, in particular states in, in particular. That's the theme for today. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about how um, the self-soothing, though, in terms of food can actually become a habit and sometimes um, yeah. not a good thing. Let's get right into it, Josh. You can learn as good. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. we'll get some of that. Learn is good. Talk to me about this, man. What's up with this self-soothing stuff with food? So food actually works really well for self-soothing, which is why, which is why people do it. And it's one of those things where a lot of folks get get in the habit of self-soothing with food at a pretty young age. A lot of times we're taught to self-soothe with food. And then it just becomes in the worst case scenario, it becomes our only way to manage stress and emotions and procrastination and all these other things. And so the trick is it works sometimes. We probably don't want to use it all the time. We probably want other things. And there's a conversation that shows up a lot of times between dieting versus self-compassion. And people are like, is self-compassion self-soothing? Does that mean that I eat to manage my emotions? Or how does that work? So it can be super useful to look at the distinction between deprivation and restriction versus self-soothing versus self-compassion, which we're going to frame as this thing that's actually in the middle. And it's distinct from self-soothing, and it's also distinct from never having some food to chill. Um, All right, I'm going to interrupt you right there. So, yeah. So let's give some examples of what you're talking about. So if we're talking about, and, and I'm sure this, this probably makes sense to everybody out there, but in yeah. case you're still kind of like, all right, self-soothing, what are you talking about? Give some examples of where this happens. For example, yeah. I'll let you do it. This is your thing. So you're, let's say you're stressed out at work. You're having a, a bad work day, you know, something, whatever that thing that happens that's hard for you, whether it's your boss yelling at you or a customer yelling at you or the project deadline gets moved up or whatever, you get something, you're stressed out. Dieting approach would be, I cannot have anything because it does not fit my roles. Self-soothing approach would be, I feel terrible. I'm going to make this feeling go away immediately with some food. And, and maybe that chocolate chip cookie actually does really work to numb out and chill out a little bit. And everyone's had some version of that. It could be an existential crisis late at night before you go to sleep. And you have, it, it could be a lot of different things, but it's, it's some version of some food to chill. Yeah, man. 
that tub of Ben and Jerry's was screaming at me to be eaten. And, and the thing is, I keep coming back to the fact that it works because especially people that have been through a lot of diets, they're, they're always, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep doing this? And, and it's even a function of when people say that they're addicted to sugar, right? Or they're like, I just can't. The, the majority of clients that we've worked with that have been, oh, I'm addicted to sugar or I can't resist the Ben and Jerry's, almost without exception, what it really comes down to is they have no other coping strategies. Okay, right. And so, of course, it feels irresistible. You've got nothing else. So we should talk about self-compassion, which is like yes, a different thing. Yeah. So it's interesting. I've been lucky maybe that I, I haven't really gravitated towards food. I'm more along yeah. the lines of just as long as I can choke people out on a daily basis, I'm good. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, I thought I'd throw a little joke in there, but, but unconscious people yeah. in Brazil, it just makes you feel good. I feel great. I go home, I'm great and I can sleep now. Self-compassion. Let's talk a little bit about self-compassion. <laughs> self-compassion. The way that we look at self-compassion, the way it shows up in certain kinds of research, and the way we teach it in the course is self-compassion is being able to be with your own imperfections and be with your own ups and downs and moods and be able to be with your stress and still being able to take actions in line with your values. And the, the thing that's really messy about that is that like, is that it's context dependent, right? What could be a valued action is different in different contexts. And, and so that means that sometimes the thing you do might be having some food to self-soothe, but other times it might be doing some deep breathing or it might be going for a walk or it might be calling someone that you love or it might be hugging a pet. The, it could be different things in different situations. That time that you get stressed out um, in the middle of your workday, you might not have the option of going for a walk or hugging your, your pet. But at night at home, you, you maybe totally can. And then you could also look at levels of, oh, here's the worst thing that ever happened to me. You know what? I am going to crush a pizza. Or here's the thing that stresses me out every single Thursday because I've got this stressful meeting. Maybe, maybe we need some, something else. And so self-compassion would be like, let's look at how to be with those feelings. And let's look at things that we can do for you. Realizing that you are a human that has these feelings, but that they also don't need to be fixed always. Yeah. And as I mentioned in the very beginning, the start of the Bananagram podcast is that we're going deep today. And so yeah. these aren't things where it's, and I'm not saying that these are easy, but what I mean is they're not easy things. Okay. You need to look at particular skills, plating your food every <laughs> right, four yeah. to five hours. Yeah. yeah. We're talking some very psychological things yeah. happening here. And I think Self-compassion, extremely important. We both agree on that. Obviously, it is extremely important. I yeah. think that really, though, one thing that we both talk about a lot is that awareness and understanding yeah. when that happened. You brought something up that I think is wonderful that, that we could talk a little bit more about, and that is knowing that something is going to occur and yeah. making sure that you understand that because you're aware of it yeah. and therefore having a plan of action. And so yes. the example you gave is every Thursday, knowing that there's going to be a particular meeting that really stresses you out. Good. Great. Yeah. That's where you can start. This is yes. going to happen. Therefore, looking at what is the worst thing that can happen? 
and then looking at that worst thing, being aware of that and saying, this usually happens to me, but in this case, I will instead focus on my breathing. That's a very stoic way of doing it. This is, yeah. you know, stoicism, yeah. something I really love, and that's completely different. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but what you're just talking about really jumped out at me because that is something that we can control. We know yes. this is going to happen. We're aware of it. But what usually happens? Will I get angry? Or pardon me, we have this meeting on Thursday. I get super stressed out, can't do anything at work. So the first thing I do afterwards is I go and I end up X, okay? If that's going to happen, then how can you actually reframe the situation so that you're being compassionate to yourself? Because let's be honest, what usually happens in the end is we do something, we're triggered by an event or something. Yeah. We do something and then we feel bad yeah. because we did it. And so I think really the heart of the matter really is that's what you're saying is that self-compassion yeah. is saying, all right, taking a notice of what's going on here and then handling it appropriately by being compassionate towards ourself for the outcome. Uh. But yeah, in, in this there, that was just something yeah. I was thinking about because there's so many different forms that this is not just eating, but mm. being alcohol, alcohol, it could be anything really taking it out on your spouse. You know, having it, a bad it can day. also be smaller like, things. It, it can yeah. also be numbing out on Facebook. Right. There you go. Great. Right. Or a bananagram. Exactly. But yeah, let's bring this back and, and I would love for you to uh, talk a little bit more about that. And for example, go ahead, go ahead. What, what, what I love about what you just said, and, and I, I just want to highlight it again because it's so useful, is that's such an easy way to make it concrete. To look at your week and to plan ahead of time. And to say, you know what? Thursday is going to be really hard. What can I, what can I plan to do? And also, how can I look at ways to be with it? And so it could be a matter of, could I, you know what? I know it's going to be stressful. Could I plan on some time to go for a walk at lunch? Or like, I come home, I come home starving. I come, I come home with the experience of feeling really starving because I'm super stressed out after that every time. Can I make sure that every Thursday night I've got either something super easy to prep or it's prepped ahead of time? And then Put yourself up for success. Sorry. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so just, just the if then planning of the, of the logistics. And then the other thing that I love that you said is looking at, at the experience of how bad it could get. Because really the biggest, the biggest issue people have with stuff like that is actually that they get caught flat footed over and over again. They're continually surprised by actually the same stuff. And it's not, it's one of those things where we get so caught up in our day-to-day -day lives, we're just not really aware. And so you really can look at your week and go, okay, I need some extra self-care. I actually probably can't put it in right when I need it, but maybe I can put it in either on the weekend or that night after or whatever. And then the other aspect is, and like, we can't forget this, the other aspect is always normalizing it. The, the clients that, that we get in eating skills tend to be people that have jobs, that have stress, and they've got families, and they do the, I, I, I really want to like frame it inside of the, the fact that like, they've got really cool jobs, and they do really important things, and they've got a bunch of kids, and, and they've, got, they've got all these really good things. And sometimes all those things collide in a way that's a lot for their schedule, and a lot to manage, and, and we really have to get to that the stress that they feel is normal, and it's something that anyone would feel with that much going on at that time. 
And the self-compassion is, it's not about being some kind of a super robot. It's actually about recognizing this is more than, this is actually a lot to handle right now. Right? Yeah. And you said this before, but understanding that we are human and, and not beating yourself up for it. Mistakes. Okay. It's what you, allowing yourself to be human. And, but then also understanding that we were just talking about that by taking action and being aware and understanding that there are, I said, things you can control because you know about them. Yeah. You can yeah. Start in trying to set your, set yourself up so that you won't come down hard on yourself later for something that you could have controlled. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's take a look though. Let's kind of shift here a little bit and look at it. dieting versus the self-compassion. And yeah. So the, yeah. So, um, so dieting is always a game of perfectionism, right? It's always here are the rules and how close can I get to perfection? Self-compassion is literally the opposite of that. It's, it's a, it's a game where we know that we're human and we know that we're not perfect and we know that we'll make mistakes and we're going to take actions in line with our values anyway. And that once people get there, then they can actually do anything that they want. If you don't have to be perfect, then, and if you're allowed to make mistakes, you can get in so much more practice and more practice always wins. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, man. Yeah. Right there. This sums up so much stuff, what you just said and looking at, there's two things. Sorry to interrupt, but that's great. I love it. Not comparing yourself with others. Okay. That's a huge one because anytime you see this is diet out there, a lot of people look at diet. It's unfortunate that the word diet is changed going from the nutrition that we put into our body to losing weight and being ripped what we see in the media and end up comparing with other people. And then the other thing is that practice portion of it and letting yourself just not be bad, but to say, embrace the suck, understand that you're going to be bad in the beginning, but also something else is taking a look at what is good is good enough. And what does good mean to you? Again, people misunderstand what we're trying to say. It's not that we're trying to be perfect. We're just trying to say, okay, in order for me to just, be good. What does that mean? And be good, yeah. not as a good person, but in order to look at my nutrition, do I really need to count calories all the time? Do I need to try and hit my macros? And if I don't, I'm a bad person sort of thing. You know, we're saying probably not. Okay. It's more about those habits and the skills and practicing those skills and habits more than trying to have a diet that's more along the lines of a bodybuilder or somebody else instead of looking at your lifestyle and saying, I've got this job, I've got these, my wonderful kids and my family. And therefore that's probably not how I should be doing things. And I'm not saying that this is going to be for everybody, but again, that self-compassion and coming back to that without the comparison, without trying to, you know, be somebody else, without thinking that it has to be a particular way. You got to find what's good for you. Yeah. Man, there's so much in what you just said. There's (laughs) so much. One of the first things that jumped out at me was, so actually two things jumped out at me. One was comparison and the other one was like, inside of my life with all these things that matter to me, do I have to count calories again and perfect everything that? And so the the first thing we have to handle is the, the diet industry creates a superstition. That's what it takes to get results. 
So if, if you tell people that nutrition is super fragile, and if you don't get it perfect, that they won't get any results, then of, of course they're going to feel an enormous pressure to do that. So we have to realize that nutrition isn't that fragile. It, it's not even close. And it's one of those things where you can practice the skills and habits, or you can, the skills and guidelines, and we have a lot of clients that will practice them 12 meals a week or 15 meals a week. They're not doing every single meal and they're still getting the results that they're looking for. And they're still getting more, more autonomy around food. Like they still feel, oh wow, I'm not emotional eating. That's working. Oh, I'm not having seconds to set a habit. That's working. I'm not, they're doing all these things that actually fit inside of self-compassion because they're actually aware of what's going on. And, and it actually works. And so the perfectionism, it's, it's superstitious. And I feel really bad because people are, are trained that way. And then the other thing that you said was about comparison. And the thing about comparison is, is we have to realize that we're, again, we're like taught to compare in, in a lot of ways, but nothing could be clearer than the research on comparison and how much it lowers our well-being, how much it reduces our connection to others, and how much it reduces our, the amount of practice that we do. Because we never feel like measure up and so we end up doing less practice. And again, practice is what gets us what we want. So the thing about that though, is again, it comes back to self-compassion, realizing that we have been taught those things. You don't need to make those thoughts go away. You're going to have thoughts about perfectionism. You're going to have thoughts about dieting. You're going to have thoughts about comparing yourself to other people because you've had those thoughts for decades. They might lessen, they might dim, they might have less control over your actions, but realizing that, oh, it's, that's a diet thought, that's a comparison thought, that's something that my parents said, that's something that a kid taught me in PE class, told me in PE class. And we can recognize those and have them there and still take actions in line with our values and do our practice and do the things that matter to us. And that's really key because a lot of people think that they have to make those go away. That's one of those things where like, have a little bit of self-compassion, realize that you've been programmed <laughs> and it's okay to have those show up, know what they are and still do what matters. There. And that's it. And do what matters. And what does that mean to you? So what, yeah. what matters to you really? And that's mm -hmm. that self-compassion you're talking about. And you're listening to us right now. It's GMB. That's what we're after. Just because I show you a particular skill or a trick doesn't mean that it's necessarily good for you to be perfectly honest it, it needs to fat goodness gracious it needs to fit it needs to fit within your goals as well as your values and that's the yeah. other big thing too right because it's going to be different for everybody and um, yeah. just what's good for you or what's good for me or other people doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good for you right there and this is great yeah self-compassion right values taking actions with your values and figuring out what matters to you yeah lots we talked about we can yeah. keep talking on forever i'm going to wrap this up a little bit yeah lots of different things that you talked about in there we're just trying to feel better really that's all it is yeah and just try and say okay is this making me feel better not right now necessarily because if you do something and the example was to sit down and eat a pint uh, or gallon whatever <laughs> of ice cream yeah you might feel better at the moment but how's that going to make you feel later and really looking yeah. beyond that doing the things that are good for you even when you feel bad you said and i yeah. think it comes down to that and awareness setting yourself up for success when you can 
knowing that things are going to come up. Something I do suggest, and you have everyone do this as well, is journaling if you can. Yeah. I always think journaling is a fabulous thing. Absolutely. Uh, writing your thoughts down. And again, very deep. Some of you might think it's woo stuff, but to be perfectly honest, it works. Go ahead. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I, I was going to say that that's actually a very concrete thing that a person can do in the moment. You feel bad, you feel stressed, or you feel whatever you feel, and you're like, oh, I need to eat something to fix it. Journaling, if you just, just blah, all, all over the page, what you're feeling, it actually creates, it's actually called cognitive diffusion. Right. Yeah. But it, it creates a little bit of separation. Yeah. Where people are better. So this is one of those things that's mind-boggling. People are better at, at handling an emotion with any coping strategy they use will be more effective if they actually know what, if they actually distinguish what they're feeling and thinking. And so just the act of writing it down, whatever you do to manage it will be more effective. That's super cool. That's really right? cool. So anyway, I just want to highlight that because it's really powerful. And it's also just, it's a thing that, that, it's a thing you can do. You can write, you can take 90 seconds and write down what you're yeah. feeling yeah. and you'll be more effective. So. Yeah. yeah. And to bring this also, that's why we also have ponder that's at the end of all of our yes. exercise sessions. And I don't want to say exercise, but our sessions that we have in GNP is ponder. And that's another way that you can look at this and where you can do it in the moment. And you can also look at it as, for example, after uh, you perform your elements or whatever exercise uh, session that you're doing. But also you do encourage people after meals, for example, to do that, different ways to do that. So thank you so much. This was great. Um, very deep. I love talking about That's this. Fun. I do. But practice. Focus on yeah. those skills. Focus on those skills. I, I do encourage you if you haven't you know, checked out eating skills, if you feel this is something that you're interested in and if you've really looked at diet and with the lens of dieting, then uh, if you're listening to this, definitely go check out Eating Skills and, and just read what it's about And because I love it. And just before the podcast, by the way, I was telling Josh about some things that I've done just simply by being here on the podcast with him and listening to the things that have really made some huge differences for me. Huge. And it's focusing on those habits and skills. And, and wow, yeah, maybe that's something we can talk about later. Quick to finish this up, a bonus tip for us. So I, I had a bonus tip that yeah. I was gonna give. I don't think it's as good as the, when you feel bad, write, write it down for a minute. Cool, I love that. And I think that's just like super useful. I, I wanna leave it there. Yeah, I, man, I love it. Journal, write that Journal. stuff down, write that stuff down. Thank you again, Josh, looking forward to talking to you again. If you have any questions, of course, just leave a comment where to find us, GMB, fitness, anywhere on the socials, on the interwebs, anywhere you can find us. Leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, until next time, be kind to yourself. <laughs> Later, everybody. Bye-bye. Later, everyone.